And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 280. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris, and I'm your host. Welcome to the Only Thor podcast, hosted by a true descendant of Odin. And I should add that we're a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. And uh, yeah, welcome along to the show. And of course, we've got big doings going on this summer in the uh, Radio Free Asgard studio. For one thing, the studio's going to be moving again. Yeah, it's been a while since the last move. I think it's been uh, four years, almost five years since we moved. But uh, we're actually going to be moving uh, at the end of August. I'm going to hope to um, avoid interrupting the show's schedule too much. Um, we probably will be off for the week, uh, the last week of, of August or thereabouts, uh, as we, um, move everything over to the new place and get assimilated and, you know, get all settled in and, you know, get, get the uh, audio set up, hooked up again and, uh, the new internet provider. And of course that's always fraught with, uh, with uncertainty and that with a new internet, um, but hopefully things will go well. Um, not planning on uh, having any major interruption, but you never know. So I figured I would warn you now a couple months in advance from what's going on. But yeah, I bought a co-op and uh, just a nice you know, place to call my own. They won't have to be at the uh, the mercy of uh, you know, kind of slumlord landlords and, and all that. Plus, it's a great place, and it's it's got a lot of nice amenities and things. It's, uh, it's going to be actually, when all is said and done, a little bit cheaper to live there than it is to live here in this kind of crummy apartment that I live in now. So that's the most exciting part about it. All right. So uh, next week, we have Spider-Man Homecoming come out. Uh, Pete and I are planning on seeing it early on. We're probably not going to see it opening weekend, but we probably are going to see it the second weekend. I don't know why he's so keen on seeing it. I guess he's been a, a Spider-Man fan his whole life, but uh, we are going to see it while it's in the theater, and hopefully uh, hopefully it'll be good. Uh, judging from the previews, it does look like it's going to be something a little bit different, uh, though those of you who are sticklers for tradition... I don't know if you're going to like it too much. It already has kind of departed rather far uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the original comics. But that's okay, because, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is its own thing. All right, so uh, we are continuing our coverage of the Girl Thor series with Mighty Thor issue number five hope you all are enjoying it and i have no idea if you are or not because nobody is writing you can email the show the email address is radiofreeascard at gmail.com and you can also uh, post over on our facebook group just look for radio free asgard over there and you will find us all right so we have an issue of mighty thor to cover so let's go ahead and move along to our review Thor. 
Indeed, and we are looking at the Mighty Thor number five. Cover art is by Russell Dowderman and what's his name, Wilson. And we get an extreme close-up of Odin's face looking um, more Santa-like than I would actually like. But at least he's an angry Santa. Uh, he's actually got a... Um, you know, his uh, eye patch thing, which is sort of a metallic eye patch. And in, in his eye patch, we see a reflection of girl Thor. And she is coming after him with her hammer. So uh, we have the cover blurb, of course. Thor versus Odin. And let's open up to the splash page here. Well, the, the summary page. We have, a uh, of course, the, uh, the, the, the recap of what went on last issue. Uh, thanks to Thor's intervention, Malekith's assault on Alfheim, Realm of the White Elves, had come to a halt. So he secretly had the Enchantress put a spell on Ilsa, Alfheim's queen. Let it go, let it go. Making her agree to marry him, which would end the battle, but still give Malekith control of Alfheim. Thor was suspicious of the engagement, but before she could do anything about it, news from Asgard reached her. Odin the Allfather was putting Freya the Allmother on trial for treason. So with Loki in tow, Thor immediately went to Asgard and proceeded to hit Odin in the face with her hammer. Thus begins the Civil War of the Gods. The writer is Jason Aaron. Russell Dowderman did the art. Matthew Wilson did the colors. VC's Joe Sabino did the lettering and production. Assistant editor is Chris Robinson. Editor is Will Moss. Tom Brevoort is the executive editor. Axel Alonzo is the editor-in-chief. Joe Casada is the chief creative officer. Dan Buckley is the publisher. And Alan Fine is the executive producer. Thor created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. This book came out in 2016. We open up with the moons of Saturn, and we see a, um, a character kind of flying through space and a um, little bit of a narration here. There was a time when I was in love with the god who carried this hammer and he was in love with me. We came awfully close to spending our lives together. There was only one reason why we never did. His name is Odin. We uh, see Odin and he is flying through space and he smashes onto one of the moons of Saturn. Uh, there's no sound effect because, of course, it's space. So you don't really hear much, but we see it is Odin. And he has been flying. He's talking to the hammer, which carried him here, uh, which is laying next to him. And he says, uh, You, you wretched mallet, this is all your damn fault. I was never good enough for the Allfather, never worthy. I never should have forged you in the first place, you... Uh, so yeah, so we have uh, Odin and he has been knocked on his face by Mjolnir and he's trying to lift Mjolnir and he can't. So that's a clue, folks. That's a clue. Something I've been saying all along. And we continue on with our narration. A lot has changed since those days. So tell me, old man, am I worthy enough for you now? And we see Thor, and she's got a giant uh, asteroid or you know, little moonlit, and she's holding it over her head. And she smashes it down on top of Odin, and it, it breaks into tiny little pieces. Obviously, Odin is not going to be too badly hurt by this. And she summons Mjolnir to herself, and uh, she uh, says, Yield, Odin! Yield this fight! Yield your throne! And take your place in the dust and shadows like the relic you are. 
And Odin does not like this at all, and he starts to glow. He's got lots of lightninging and firinginging and this sort of stuff kind of pouring off him, the Odin force or whatever it is. Yield! Did Odin yield to Ymir, the first of the giants? Did he yield to Surtur, the father of fire? You can ask them yourself, girl, when you see them in hell. And he blasts this huge energy blast, uh, blasts Thor back, and um, just like this big, huge, enormous explosion. And we get a little narration here as we switch scenes to Asgardia. And we get a little bit of narration as we switch scenes back to Asgardia. And the narration goes, God versus God, this isn't right. This is not the war I wanted. Civil war in Asgard, fates help us. How did it come to this? And this is, of course, uh, uh, Queen Freya, and she is standing in the uh, wreckage of Odin's throne room, and Loki is with her, and we see all lying around the broken up uh, wall of the throne room, the uh, Thunder Guard, and Loki says, Never mind what war you wanted, Mother. This is the war you've got, and I suggest you win it. Oh, I intend to, says Freya, and once I sit on the throne of Asgard again, you can tell me all you've learned on your mission, Loki, so we can finally deal with the real threat we... And bursting in through the front door, we have the, looks like the warriors, three, at least some of them. Uh, looks like we have Hogan there in the background, we've got Volstagg, we've got Sif, uh, I think I see Fandral's knees, and we've got some bald guy with a spiky shoulder, um... And yeah, so we, so we have uh, Warriors 3 and friends arriving here in the throne room. And uh, Sif comes up to, uh, to Freya and she says, When you weren't in the dungeons, we feared. Quickly, Lady Freya, says Volstagg, we must get you to safety. Cool and his Thunder Guard are right behind us. Good, Senator Volstagg, let them come. I would have words with my brother-in-law. But where is Odin? Hurtling towards the moon of Saturn, last I saw, with the hammer of Thor buried deep in his gut. And it looks like they've freed Heimdall. She says, Heimdall, good to see you free again, if you would be so kind. And he uses his uh, vision mojo to uh, see uh, where the guards and so forth are. And he says, Six thunder guards in the east hallway, another four approach from the west. Cool has the destroyer at his side. I'm sorry, my children. I had hoped we could avoid this fight, but that hope has passed. And Sif is uh, eager for a scrap here, and uh, she says, We stand with you all, mother, but it is not with him at our side. And she's talking about Loki, of course. Someone find a cell for this mongrel before he stabs us in the back. If it's a choice between a cell and facing the destroyer, then by all means, fair lady Sif, take me away. Loki is not going anywhere, says Freya. He is with me. Oh, mother, after everything he's done, you cannot possibly trust this. I trust the boy I raised. Loki is my spy on Malekith's dark council. You don't have to trust him, but I need you to trust in me. And, yeah, so we have Freya cuts uh, Loki's chain with her, her sword. I guess she has a sword, or using someone else's sword. Looks like her sword. Anyway, um, so she frees Loki, and then he uses his magic to get rid of the rest of the chains. And then we see who we have here. We have Hogan, we've got Hildegard, Fandral, and his uh, hipster hair. 
Volstagg, Freya, Loki, Heimdall, Sif, and the bald guy with the spiky shoulder with the whip. And I don't know who that is, and I don't care. And all of a sudden, cool Borson, he, he busts in with his axe in hand, and he's like, Traitors! What have you done with the Allfather? Traitors and assassins! The justice of Asgard has come for you all! And the Destroyer's next to him, and being very much like the movie Destroyer, we see the glowing inside it as it gets ready to uh, release its energy, and it shoots an energy beam out. I'm not sure who that is. It knocks somebody aside and going uh, to blast them. And there's a battle going on, and Freya and, and everyone else is right in the thick of it. And we shift scenes to Alfheim, and we have a little bit of narration, well, not narration, but uh, a little bit of dialogue here coming from uh, none other than Malekith. And he says, such a lovely gathering we have here, is it not? It truly is a joyous occasion, but alas, time grows short. War waits for no elf, as they say. So let us skip to the most important part. I do with all my blackened heart. It's obviously, it's Malekith getting married to uh, Queen Elsa, and she says, I, I do too. I do. And don't forget that uh, Elsa has actually been uh, enchanted by the Enchantress, so yeah, anyway. And we have these uh, three old uh, witch creatures that are there, and um, they're performing the wedding, so I, I guess they're clergy of some kind. Anyway, so there's these old witches with the eyeballs hanging from their hair branches. <laughs> and she says, Then Queen Elsa Featherwine of Alfheim and King Malekith the Accursed of Svartalfheim are hereby and forever declared one. Malekith, you may kiss the bride. Ah, oh, thank you, my dear war witches. But that part will not be necessary. I already have all I need. And we and see that Elsa is actually coming to her senses from the Enchantress's thing, and she's like, What? Where am I? What? Oh, gods! Guards, find my lovely bride a cozy cell somewhere in her castle, and then kindly lose the key. Gods, what have I done? No! <laughs> Malekith grabs a... It uh, looks like a, a flute of champagne off a tray being held by a servant. And he's like, a toast, my dear friends, to the Dark Council, to the War of the Realms. Alfheim is ours, and the only question before us now is, which realm is next? And we see uh, in attendance the uh, nasty little fire creature things. We've got the Enchantress, we've got Ulik. and we've got uh, uh, Dario Agar, a.k.a. the Minotaur, and, of course, King Laufey in the background looking very big. And we shift scenes again back to uh, outer space where we have the fight between Thor and Odin continuing on. And, uh, again, we have a little bit of uh, narration here coming from the internal monologue of, of Jane Foster. The distance from Saturn to Jupiter when they're at their closest is 400 million miles. It takes us about two punches to cover that. And it shows, uh, it kind of shows them ping-ponging around the various moons of, of Jupiter, uh, cracking into them and, and causing a lot of damage. And Odin is still blasting Thor with his fire energy sort of weapon or whatever, it's the Odin force or whatever. You dare call me a relic! Time cannot pass Odin by, woman. Without Odin, there is no time. No sun, 
No moon, no stars. Right. No 400-year-old planet-sized Jovian superstorms. And uh, she's guiding Odin into this uh, giant storm. Yeah, she's using the uh, the hammer somehow to... Um, yeah, I don't know. Because it's a storm and she's the thunder god, she's making the storm attack Odin with a bunch of red fire or red lightning or whatever this is. She looks like she's been hit in the face. She's got some blood around her mouth. And uh, uh, she says... Jupiter's great red spot erupts around me. The hammer convulses violently in my hands. If I didn't know better, I'd swear I could hear Mjolnir laughing. Magic hammers must have a sick sense of humor, but I don't find this the least bit funny. War in Alfheim, civil war in Asgard. When even the elves and immortals can't keep their houses in order, what the hell kind of hope do the rest of us have? And we see uh, Odin getting blasted by the uh, energy from uh, the hammer. Uh, and then we also see a scene of the destroyer blasting people in, in Asgard. And it looks like Heimdall attacking the destroyer with his sword. You got Sif in the background fighting uh, the Thunderguard. And uh, we return to Thor punching Odin in the face again and giving him a bloody nose. And continuing on with the narrative. Then again... When you're a 90-pound woman dying of cancer, it does feel pretty good to punch a god in the face. Feels good the second time, too. And the third. And uh, we are kind of cutting back and forth here between the, uh, the battle in, uh, in Asgard and, and Thor and Odin. And we're back in the throne room again. And we see that uh, Freya is doing admirably well against Cool Borson. He's giving him like a roundhouse kick to the, to the uh, chest. And the destroyer is still there. It looks like uh, he's fighting Volstagg, and he's he's kind of just blasting out, trying to trying to hurt anybody he can. And uh, Sif realizes we can't fight the destroyer. We can when f we can if we find out who in Asgardia is controlling the thing. Loki, can you trace the magic? Probably yes, says Loki. You are right about Malekith, mother, about his plans, about the war that's going to spread across the realms. Not now, Loki. First we win Asgard, then we deal with Malekith. You are right about everything. Well, almost everything. And we get uh, a mournful-looking look from um, Loki uh, in his face, and he's got a little frown. And then he suddenly takes a dagger and plunges it into Freya's back. Yeah, so this is not good. We get a full page here um, of Loki stabbing Freya, and she's going, and, uh, yeah, and he uh, is looking very Tom Hiddleston-like in this uh, page, I have to say. Freya, is because she's been stabbed in the back, all of a sudden has all these gray lines on her face, like like cracks. <laughs> um, uh, not just like wrinkles, but like actually it's like cracking. I, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, and she's like, Loki, what did you just... I'm sorry, Mother, but you never should have sent me to them. And uh, we see Loki kind of disappearing through a portal. And uh, Sif is, uh, sees what's going on. And he, she's like, Lady Freya! And she's going after, um, going after her. We shift to um, Odin and Thor. And they're hand-to-hand. -hand and and they're, they're fighting. And we see energy crackling out of Odin's eye. And uh, he has been distracted by the sound of 
millions of voices crying out or something. He senses a disturbance in the force. And he's like, hold! What did I just sense? No! And it is, of course, um, uh, the, uh, the, the cracking of, uh, <laughs> of Freya, um, as it is. And she is kind of turning into like Bizarro and, and uh, cracking and all this stuff. And um, the caption says, the battle ended the moment she fell. And the manhunt began. We scoured every inch of Asgardia, but no trace of her attacker can be found. And we see uh, Mr. Pubeface, and he is uh, in uh, another part of the castle, and he is with Cool Borson. And Borson has a sword to his, or actually it looks like an axe, to his throat. And Borson is saying, give me one reason. So he gives one reason not to kill him. One reason so I shouldn't present your head to your father on a silver platter. As long as I yet live, you and Odin will now no longer be the most hated men in Asgard. That's a fair reason, but there's still the matter of a murdered queen. She's dead then? Not quite. She lingers on the brink. Your blade was poison, they say. Though the fact that she isn't dead already tells me you're either very bad at the art of poisoning or very, very good at it. Either way, I expect your new master will be quite pleased. Tell Malekith he may burn all the elves he likes, but while the Borson brothers yet live, Asgard remains off-limits to him and his little cabal of goblins and snowmen. To deliver such a message would require that my head remain atop my shoulders. What kind of god stabs his own mother in the back? You are cold, boy, even for an Odinson. That's not my name, says Loki. It never was. And we shift scenes and we are back in Asgard. And Odin has returned to Asgard and has picked up Freya in his arms. And I guess, so I guess the marbling or whatever this cracks is caused by the poison. Uh, she looks like a bizarro. is kind of the, the color and the kind of markings she has and uh everybody is is bowing mournfully and uh odin is carrying uh freya away and we get a little bit of um a little bit of a narration here odin wouldn't let anybody touch her he carried freya into his innermost sanctum the chamber of the odin sleep where the destroyer guards the door day and night they say his hall smells of primal magic that sometimes you can hear his weeping through the walls. The Congress of Worlds was restored, and with it, some sense of order. All fighting is ended. All arms have been laid aside. For now. And we see an uh, image of Heimdall, and he's standing atop the Rainbow Bridge again. And we then cut to the throne room, and we have Cool sitting on the throne. And the uh, captions continue. Though not everything in the Golden Realm is the way it should be, Cool Borson, the god of fear, serves as regent in his brother's stead. The court of Asgard remains a tense and somber place, and cancer remains one hell of a disease. No one is quite sure who won the civil war in Asgard, especially those of us who fought in it. But of one thing I am definitely certain, the real war lies elsewhere. And we see Jane Foster, and she's wandering through the halls of Asgard. And we cut to Alfheim, and we see uh, Queen Elsa, and she's chained up in a dungeon, and not, not looking very happy. 
and uh, apparently she is uh, in a dungeon in Jotunheim, and, uh, and apparently it has only just begun. And uh, Loki is here with his father, King Laufey, and he's saying, Some storms you get here in Jotunheim. I'd almost forgotten. Come, boy. Tell me again how she screamed when you stabbed her. Yes, father. And then we shift away, and we get a scene here of you know, rocky chunks floating through space and lightninging and all this stuff. And we get a little bit of narration here. There are ten realms spread along the world tree. Ten very different realms, each with its own wonders and terrors. But just one guardian who soars above them all. Her name is Thor. And like it or not, she's not going anywhere. And that concludes The Mighty Thor, issue number five. And that might just be a good place for us to uh, go elsewhere for a while, uh, since we've covered now these first five issues. And uh, so, yeah, so I guess next time we're going to do something else. Um, Yeah, so uh, we're going to talk about what I thought of this issue, but we're going to do that right after this message. The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, in which four guys talk about romance comics and about romances in comics with Siskoid. We're all uh, French Canadians here. Marty! In horror comics, there's often like this little, you know, <laughs> romance tinge, I guess. Okay. Bass. <laughs> we oh, just yeah. turned on him! <laughs> and yours truly, Fern. I'm very aroused. Featuring the overproduced wonder that is Romance Comics Theater every episode. Dan, I knew it couldn't last from the first day you eyeballed me when I reported to work. It wouldn't matter if I washed in laundry soap and came to work in a burlap sack. I'd turn you on. And you have the same effect on me. I... I do? The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, available at lonelyheartspodcast.wordpress.com and on iTunes. And we're back. So, of course, we do have a few things to say about the issue. And uh, so, yeah, so this is a good, solid ending to the first story arc. I'm sure that this must be the end of the next trade. Um, Yeah, five issues in the trade. Well, trades are getting smaller, I guess. Um, But, yeah, this is obviously written to end here. Uh, Like I said, this might be a good place for us to uh, take a break from Girl Thor and move on to something else for a while. Um, and of course, if you disagree, you should let us know because you know we what you guys think really does matter, and uh, you know we do want to cover everything. But you know, if you guys want to hear more Girl Thor, let us know. If you don't, let us know. You know, you know. So we we do appreciate all the feedback that we get. Um, anyway, yeah. So once again, artwork is absolutely beautiful here. Got just uh, a lot of stuff going on that's really cool. Um, the layouts are not as. Um, as artsy and creative as they have been, but that's okay because the story is actually really galloping along at this point, and we have a lot going on in this issue. We've got this knockdown dragout fight between Odin and Thor, and I think it's kind of cool that they keep cutting away from it. That we only see little bits and pieces of Thor versus Odin. Yeah, you know, we see bloody lips and bloody noses and all that kind of thing, but we really don't see a lot of what's going on in the actual battle. So I find that immensely interesting. And the the structure of how this is being done, interspersing with other scenes of what's going on elsewhere in the the Nine Realms, that is actually pretty cool too. 
So I think that the story is being pretty well told at this point. Um, and yeah, so enjoying it. Artwork, like I said, is uh, really, really good. Um, yeah, obviously there's some things that are distracting, like you know, face pubes on Loki. But um, no surprise about Loki being a traitor. We kind of figured he would do that, didn't we? Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting that you know, Freya trusts him. But I don't know... I don't know from past experience how good Freya's instincts are um, because this is not a character that I've really encountered before this series. Um, you know, obviously the, they're playing her as, as Thor's mother, but that was Frigg. And Frigg and Freya, I mean, even though they could be interchangeable mythology, really aren't in the Marvel Universe. So this kind of contradicts that whole thing with Frigga. Now, maybe that's explained later on, or maybe that's explained in Volume 2 or somewhere. But, yeah, not really sure what's going on there. So maybe maybe Frigga turned into Freya. I don't know. It's like the doctor. She regenerated. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, so that's about it for this week, folks. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And, of course, uh, like I said, get in touch with us if you want to uh, you know, give us your input. We're always happy to uh, get input from all of our listeners. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review Send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>